This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. A common shell that's been asked over the last couple of months, it's uh, really just uh, because of the way the world is going, there are more and more devices, more and more uh, pots and pans or the things that are built in with technology. So the Shaila always comes up, people are always asking, how can I table this? It's going to get ruined. So do I really have to table this device that has a lot of uh, electronics to it? Do I really have to table it? Okay, that's a, a question that comes up a lot. And the, the more famous question is with the coffee Keurig, because that is almost impossible to table for a couple of reasons. We'll get to that later. But I'm just saying over the last couple of months, just the, the more devices they come out with different versions of different uh, household appliances, a lot of them have electronics in them, and very people are very nervous that if they're going to put them in the mikvah, it's going to get ruined, which we'll get to if that's even true or not. But the question is, is there a way to get to avoid, or should we even be discussing avoiding Tvilas Kalim on those such things? So let's go a little bit of a background. We know that there's a Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Dafayin Hamid Beis, an Omid Gemara, give or take, where it discusses the idea of the mitzvah of Tvilas Kalim, the basic story that we learn now from after Kleisol went to war. Against Midian, they came back with all the pots and pans, and there they were told that they have to do some form of a tefillah. And we learned from there that there's a mitzvah known as tefillah's kalim. <coughs> the Rishonim bring down from a Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says, what's takab shot in tefillah's kalim? So tefillah's kalim is not like hagolah's kalim. Hagolah's kalim means there's some treif that's absorbed into the walls of the pot, and you have to purge it via hagolah. That's not the case with tefillah's kalim, because tefillah's kalim are new kalim. They were never used yet. So what am I immersing it in the water? So the Yushalmi says that you're doing it just like when a person, so to say, goes from a lower level of Kedusha to a higher level of Kedusha. The way we express that is via mikvah. So here also when a Kli that belongs to a guy is on a lower level of Kedusha, when it transfers to being a Jew, it's on a higher level of Kedusha, and therefore a mikvah is required. And that's the basic idea, understanding of why we tell a Kale. There is another machloikish rishayim, whether or not the idea of tefillas kalim is a mitzvah deraitz or a mitzvah derabbanan. The Rambam Shita seems to sound like it's a mitzvah derabbanan, but like that is also not so pashat that it's a mitzvah derabbanan. Be it as it may, we definitely have a mitzvah to tefillas kalim. You buy a new pot, you buy a new dish, you have to tefillas. Now there's a big chakira that the Mepharshim talk about in tefillas kalim. Is tefillas kalim a mitzvah or tefillas kalim is a matir? Now what does that mean? It means that is the idea that without tefillas a kli, I'm not allowed to use the kli? That's what it means, a matir. That once I table it, then I'm allowed to use it. Without fila, it's not allowed to be used. Or is tefillah's kalim a mitzvah? Some point in my life, I have to table this kli before it's over. But lav dafka, do I have to do it before I use it? Perhaps I can use it 20 times. And then just make sure at some point in my life to table. That's a, a bit of a discussion. Now, if you look in the Ramon, Yaradei, on Kufchaf, that's the Simon and Shulchan Aruch, where we talk about the whole idea of tefillah's kalim. The other Ramon is very clear that there is a isr to use a kli prior to tefillah. Now, many, many people have a mis. Uh, a misconception that you're allowed to use a kli once before tovling it. That is 100% absolutely not true. That is as fake news as you can get. If you buy a real kli that needs tefillah, of course you're not allowed to use it once without tovling. So what does it mean you're allowed to use something once without tefillah? It's based off a different halacha, which I don't want to get into tonight. It's basically if a kli is meant to be used only once, i.e. disposable, that doesn't need tefillah. But if you buy a real metal or, or, or a real glass plate or anything like that, of course you're not allowed to use it once without tefillah. Once we're talking about tefillah's kalim, I just want to debunk another thing that I've heard from actually reputable people, and they're still wrong. People think that when you tell a glass, you don't have to make a bracha. That is 100% not true. 
If you have a real glass, of course you make a bracha. The Gemara says, and we make brachas on the Rabbanon. Why don't people make brachas on glass? It's a really, it's a, mis, it's a misnomer. It's based on a mi'iri, but either way, just the record, everyone should know that when you toil a glass, you should definitely 100% make a bracha. So the Arzu rule is of the opinion that before you, use, before you toil a kli, it's awesome derisa to use it without feeling. So therefore, if you want to buy a kli and you have no intention of toiling it because you're afraid it's going to break, according to the Arzur, that would be a nisadereis. However, there is a very famous ber halacha. <coughs> the ber halacha is in Hilcha Shabbos because the Mishnah never wrote on Yeridea. So the ber halacha in Hilcha Shabbos comes up with the following cheshbon. The ber halacha writes that the iser to use a kli prior to tefillah is only rabbinic. It's not midereis. Midereis, you can use a kli without toiling it. Midrabbanon, you're not allowed to. So writes the Mishnah Now, with that backdrop, we can now start to get into our Shiloh. So what was our Shiloh? person buys an electric thing. He says, I'm not toiling it. It's going to break. I really need it. To, I need it very much. I'm not going to toivel it. And I want to know if I can use it. So there's a tshuva written by the Chelkaz Yankiv. Chelkaz Yankiv was a Yankiv Reich, a fascinating person. He started off as a Bel, grew up as a Belzer Chassid, got a position in Germany, which is an interesting uh, transition, ended up fleeing right around Kristallnacht to France. And then from France, he ended up in Zurich, Switzerland. He spent his whole life in Zurich, Switzerland, and he died in 1976, one of the great Rabbanim of the pre- and post-war time. He Baruch Hashem was saved because he saw the writing on the wall and he was able to get out and end up in Switzerland. So he has a very, very big chiddush. Very, very big chiddush. He writes in his sefer, Chelkes Yankiv, he says, no, electronic devices never need tefillah. Anything that gets plugged into the wall, you don't have to tefillah it. Why? He says, because since you plug it into the wall, when you plug it into the wall, it becomes mechubal karka. It becomes part of the ground. It's not movable anymore. And therefore, once it becomes mechubalakarka, it no longer is called the kli, and you don't have to title it. So writes the Chelkes Yankam. Now, this is highly controversial and was not widely accepted by any other, by any other of his contemporaries. For example, Ramayusha Feinstein has a tshuva where he clearly disagrees with this premise. He does not think there's any validity to such a claim just because you plug it into the wall and then you plug it out. Big deal. So it doesn't make it attached to the ground. And the Debrit Rav has a tshuva, it's Kedai to look it up, in Be'er Moshe Chelek Dalet, Simon Kuf. He says, I heard that for a certain Rav says that if you plug it into the wall, it becomes Bechubla Karka, you don't need a tefillah. He said, I don't believe such stupidity would come out of such a big person. That's his Lashem. He says, I can't believe it. It's ridiculous to think such like that. And this is the widely the not accepted approach to think that you don't have to table electronic kalim because they get plugged into the wall. So that shot is not really going to help us all that much. So what's some of the ways to deal with an electronic device? So one Eitzah, which is already brought down by the Taz. The Taz talks about a case. Let's say, for example, you have a massive kli. Right? These, these massive commercially produced uh, uh, things that use these huge kalim. How do they table them? They don't. You can't take this massive mixing bowl and dump it into a mikvah. No, it's not possible. So what do they do? So the Taz, it's basically really based on the Chaim and Shulchan Aruch. What they do is they basically sell it to a guy. And the Allah is if a kli belongs to a guy, even if you use it, you don't have to tithe it. So that's one eighth that people do. A lot of people tell me, oh, I sell my coffee curry to the secretary at work. Now, there's a couple of problems with that. Problem number one is you have to know how exactly to sell things to guy. You have to know which mode of Kenyan. I always ask them, so how do you sell it to the guy? I told her it's hers. That doesn't exactly work. You got to figure out if you're using Mashiach, Hagba, Chalipin, Kesef, you got to know which Kenyan actually makes it belong to her. That's one issue. The second issue is that the Taz was very skeptical of this. The Taz thought, if I'm going to sell it to the guy, but I use it for the next 30 years, and I'm the only one who makes coffee, the guy doesn't make coffee on the machine, just me. It looks very tricky. It doesn't look right. So even the Paiskin who permit selling it to a guy, they only permit it short term. 
But to do this forever is very, very questionable. <clears throat> so that Eitzah is not really met with a lot of uh, acceptance in the Paiske. There's a third Eitzah if you're a handy person. If you're a handy person, what you can do is you can break the Kli, and then you refix it, then you fix it yourself. Why does this help? This is based on Chayadam, Peschichuv, of course, the Chayadam, that if the Kli is broken, and then re-fixed by a Jew, that's the same thing as if it was made by the Jew. We know that the rule of thumb for Tzvilas Kalim is, if the Kli is made by a Jew, you don't have to title. So even though this Kli was made by a guy, but since I broke it, and then I, I fixed it again, it's like I made by a Jew. So this only works, first of all, if you're handy. If you're not a handy guy, it's not going to work. Now, breaking it doesn't mean like you take the knob off of it. It has to be you mamish take it apart. I knew a fellow who mamish was very handy. I'd watch him. He'd mamish take it, the whole thing apart. Soup to nuts. All the things, all the parts were sitting on the table. And then he put it all back together. So in that case, you talked don't need a title of the cleat. So that's an eight so again for those that are very handy. Again, if you're not handy, it's not going to help you. Did you say so, take it apart? Yeah. No, you make the clean non-usable by Shavushama, then you make it, put it back together. So people argue, well, if I take the plug out, it's not usable either. Right, the answer is that's not what we mean when we say you, you, you take it apart in a significant way that it's considered as if you're now remaking the clean. Now, what's the other Eitzah? So it's interesting, Rebbe Heinemann from the Star K has a very big Chiddush. He writes that you don't have to toivel any electric device that you think that you would never toivel on your own. You can use it without toiveling. Why? He says like this. We mentioned earlier there's a Ber Halach. The Ber Halach says the Isid the Rabbonon, there's only an Isid the Rabbonon to use a Kli without toiveling. It's not an Isid the Rice. So Behindman says, what's the Isid the Rabbonon? Some Zalman really said this before him. What's the Isid the Rabbonon? The Rabbonon were afraid. If you told you have to toivel this Kli, so you'll say to yourself, I'll get around to it when I have time. But if I tell you you can't eat from it until you toivel it, we'll make sure you'll do it. But I'm telling you now, I'm never putting my curry in the, in the mikvah. It's not happening. I'm never going to do it. So therefore, said Ramay Shahimin, in that case, where you know for sure you're never going to toivel it, then there's not even an Isidar Rabban. And therefore, he writes that any electric device that you are afraid or you're convinced you're not going to toivel, there's no Isidar to eat with it before toivel. Now, I have a problem with that psaq because who told you to buy it in the first place? You don't, you don't need it. And so now we're talking about this is a question of, you know, uh, you need to survive off of this. You bought this uh, new cookie, you bought this new whatever device you made because it makes your life better. I hear it, it makes your life better. But now you're going to tell me, well, now that I own it, I have it, I need it, and I can't do this. It's a question by me if that's such a simple svar. But that's what he poskets. The truth is, in, this, in the OU website, I saw a Bershel Shechter has the same svar. He uses this Mishnah to say that what? Since the whole Isid Rabban is because you're going to eventually toivel it. Here I know I'm not going to toivel it, therefore there is no Isid Rabban. Then the OU... Are you supposed to toivel a toaster oven? Yeah, sure. But Moshe Feinstein happens to be of the opinion that a toaster oven that only toasts bread, you don't have to toivel it. That's also not widely accepted today. But uh, you're supposed to table everything. Now, I'll tell you, I... The part that touches food. I'm saying, but in a toaster oven, how... I'm, I'm, in a tray. No, he's talking about a convection oven. I'm talking about a toaster oven with the two pieces of bread go in. Old-fashioned toaster ovens. In a convection oven or a toaster oven... A toaster, not a toaster oven. Uh, in a toaster oven, you only have to table the part that touches the food, the tray. You don't have to table the whole box. Now, the truth is, I've tabled many electronic devices... I've, I've toiled the uh, all them, the the foreman. I've toiled the Betty Cracker uh, pizza maker. I've had no trouble. So what I always tell people when they ask me the shower is, I'm telling you, don't worry. Toivel it, let it sit for 24, 48 hours, and almost always it works. However, as Rabbi Forrest writes in a safe, a very uh, uh, legally uh, covering all bases, he says, however, if you put it in water and it breaks, you can't ask for your money back because it says in the back, don't put it into water. 
So he says, even though he says the same thing that I told you, that he's toiled it and he has no problems, but if you happen to have a case where you put it into the mikvah and it breaks, you can't ask for your money back because you did that to yourself. That's not right to ask for your money back. However, I would suggest the following. If you do have electronic devices, I would tell you to title them. Now, what about the plug? So if the plug, most, not all devices, but many of them, you, could, you can separate the plug. If you can separate the plug, then you don't have to put the plug in. But if the plug is non-detachable, then according to many poskim, you should title it with the plug in also. Now, the plug is not really the dangerous part. It's wrapped in that rubber, right? Am I right? Did I get that right? The plug is not the dangerous part. No, am I wrong? Am I right? The, pl- the wire is not so... Thing, it can go into water, right? The plug can go into the water. Has the, doesn't that rubber? Right. 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 So if you dump, if you toggle the whole thing, let it sit, you really shouldn't have trouble. However, it is interesting to note both the OU and the Star K hold you don't have to toggle the curry. And the OU I told you has rehearsal shachtes chayim. Then he calls Rabbi Belsky a different svar. Rabbi Belsky felt that the reason why you don't have to toggle the curry is because the only part in the curry that's actually metal and not plastic is the heating device. And he holds the heating device is not really has a shame. It doesn't really have a shame cleat. And therefore, he holds you don't have to toggle it. I, if you look at the Keurig, there's that metal piece that pops into the cup and goes, and that touches the coffee. So Rabbi Belsky felt that that's not significant enough to require tefillah. So halach l'maysa, when people call me up about the Keurig, I always tell them, the star K and the OU holds you don't have to toggle it. What do I personally hold? I don't know if I agree with that, but that's what I always tell people. You can be saying, on the OU and on the star K, these are big, reputable cashless organizations. They are all are matter the Keurig. But again, on a regular electronic device, I think I've found with my own life and all the people I've spoken to, if you toggle it and you let it sit, it should be okay. Now, if you do it and it comes back and it breaks, I apologize. I'm not going to refund you, but uh, I'm telling you in my own experience, I found that it works and I suggest you try it because this way, instead of running away from the mitzvah, we have the opportunity to do the mitzvah and this way we're mekayim the mitzvah in the most mehudadik way. This way it's uh, not any shilas or any leniencies. However, if you think you have a specific thing that you may, so someone asked me once, I tried it once and it broke. So maybe you shouldn't buy the thing again. Buy something else. Try to find a different version of it. But it's halacha l'maisa. There are people that are saimich. But again, we mentioned four other ways to get around the problem if you're worried about the cleat breaking if you don't want to toivel it.